History was made, in fact, today. It is Dignitas Female making waves today in CSGO and in Valorant. We have Captain Emilite and Thea joining us live. The game doesn't care that we're mad. Like we, we just have to show up and we just have to give it our best. Because if we don't give it our best, then all of our weeks of preparation was just a complete waste of time. Emily taking down one. If they can come back from this, they can come back from it all. Completely surrounded on top of East Side. They actually do it. Going for the pick and oh. Emily just takes her down. I definitely feel like pressure is a privilege and that's a really good feeling to have is pressure and this anger if you don't win because it's gonna push me a little bit extra to try to get that win. And Team Dignitas take the title. Shabon isn't that the beast so damn I was able to tell the team, listen, forget the score. We need to think of it as one round at a time, one goal at a time to get our way back up. Welcome to the Toughness Podcast. My name is Patty Steinfurt, your host. And today we have one of the most badass performers I've ever worked with, but it happens to be a really different type of a story. Emily Garrido, by day, is a mild-mannered nurse. And I say that jokingly, but... Definitely not your average job, right? It's fairly high pressure. What really, really stands out about Emily, though, is at night, she is a five-time world champion esports competitor, captain of the Dignitas Valorant team, and I've been lucky enough to work with her as part of the crossover work underneath Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment, the owners of the Philadelphia 76ers. Welcome to the show, Emily. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Great to have you on board. This is cool because a lot of the people who I normally interview aren't used to sitting on a screen with headsets on, et cetera, but this is your job. <laughs> this is what you do. Tell us a little bit about, so for people who don't know, because there are going to be a bunch of listeners who are like, wait, you can get paid playing computer games and there's world championships. Like there's a whole underworld scene and it's not even underworld now, right? I happen to go to the Fortnite World Cup a couple of years ago, held at Flushing in Queens oh, where yeah. they hold the US Open tennis. And I, that blew my mind. That was a moment where I'm like, oh, wow, this is like probably going to be the most popular sport in the world in the next 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. Overtaking everything. And that's saying a lot because we just finished at the Olympics. But I digress. Let's come back a little bit. Can you, for the listeners who <laughs> aren't familiar with it, how does esports, how does playing a computer game work on a global scale? Tell us a little bit about the industry that you perform in. Right. So I've been kind of at the very start of the whole esports scene. I've been competing for over 16 years now. So a lot of people don't know that it has been there for such a long time competing in tournaments and also competing in world tournaments. But I think with the power of like social media and the ever growing innovative technology, a lot more people are noticing the esports world. And that's what's really helped our scene grow that it's a career. And essentially, me and my team are practicing like a regular sports team, five, sometimes six days a week. And then we have to qualify for tournaments and we'll have to travel internationally to essentially represent our country but now my team has a canadian and a brazilian on our team so we're more of a international yeah, you represent team. the americas like the yes. whole continent <laughs> we're representing the whole continent now <laughs> <laughs> 
and yeah, it's, it's a career. I mean, people, this is their full-time job. It is my full-time job. And I just always compare us to a sports team because that's what we are, even though we're sitting down and we're, we're playing a video game. It's, it's not a fun video game. It's a competitive, we have to win video game for me. <laughs> yeah. So let me grab that then. Cause that's like part of the question. One of the early questions that we often ask is how, the, you know, how'd you end up here? Whether it's Shaquille O'Neal, how'd you end up being one of the most famous athletes of all time, or whether it is the Wolf of Wall Street or whether it's a Wall Street trader or whether mm-hmm. it's a, a Wall Street Journal reporter, like all of these people end up in places because at some point they have a crazy idea that probably not many other people are thinking, and then they just pursue it almost maniacally, um, mm-hmm. almost like a crazy person. And the question then for you is how do you go from, you know, I used to love playing computer games. I think a lot of our <laughs> listeners would have. Yeah. But how do you go from that to like I'm not going to do this for fun anymore, this is going to be a job and I'm going to compete and be the best in the world? Yeah, and again, comparing it to sports, like I like to go and shoot hoops sometimes, but I don't think I'm going to commit my whole day and time to getting good at it and being a professional basketball player. And that's how how you have to compare it when you're looking at video games is one day you're going to show up and play against people online and notice that this is a passion of yours and that you can win tournaments from it and just ultimately devoting your whole day and time to improving and getting better at it I played soccer my whole life growing up and I loved loved the adrenaline rush of when we were playing in events and when it was all on you I was the defense so it was all on you to help protect the goal and stuff like that and that type of adrenaline rush is what I get when I'm competing on the big stages at esports events very cool can you remember a story or a moment where you're like that's the point where I, where I decided I was going to do this. Like that's where it stopped being like, oh, that, that'd be a cool thing to the <laughs> point where you were like, I'm all in now. I knew that I wanted to do this when I first started playing uh, about 16 years ago. But the thing was, is that it was not a career back then. So that's why I went to nursing school eventually. But it was a thing that we were... I knew that it was going to be big one day because, you know, technology, again, was growing. And if you ever have gone to an esports event, you'll know how into it we are. Like, it's literally like going to a sports game. You know, we're taunting the opponents. We have fans cheering for us in the crowd. I just knew that one day it was going to be big. And so that's why. I couldn't stop thinking about the game. Like, even though I was still in like high school and stuff, I was like, I have to go home and I have to get better. I want to be the best that I can be. And I want people to recognize me and I want a legacy. So it started off really young when I knew that this is something I was going to devote a lot of my time to. Right. And there's so much more of that journey to explore because it's one thing to make the decision. It's then, like you said, I want to go home. I want to get better. I want to travel to tournaments. You're probably paying your own way early on. We'll get into that. But one of the questions we ask early of all of our guests, because it kind of frames the rest of the show, is in your experience, and this is a cool, you're an extra cool person to ask this to because you have two frontiers where this applies. So I'm going to let you answer twice if you want. <laughs> okay. Might be the same answer, but you get to take two shots at it. What does toughness mean to you in your fields? So at in, in nursing, which obviously is a normally a stressful environment and add on COVID, et cetera, in the last couple of years, it's just overwhelming. But also the work that you do 
in esports where you've devoted yourself to something that's pretty tough. Uh, there's a lot of pressure, a lot of money riding on the big world championships that you've won. What's toughness? Is it the same across those two? <laughs> you know, surprisingly, they're both very relatable because in the nursing field, I'm a lead nurse. And there to me, I have to constantly be tough, even in a very stressful environment. And same thing in game. And when there's a lot going on around me, I have to be able to handle that situation because I'm also the team captain of my team. So being a nurse, especially, you have to be able to think fast and critical thinking. And no matter what decision you make at that point, you have to be confident in it and showing your confidence, even as a team leader as well in game, showing your confidence and reeking of your confidence. People feel that around you and your team will also be confident. Nursing field or whether I'm playing my, my video game, you know? <laughs> so toughness to me is being confident no matter what, almost fake it till you make it, even if you're not confident, but also having the ability to adapt around your situations. Cause that's something I learned from you too, when you were helping us out is sometimes things don't go the way that you planned or things you can't control, like lag online or something. I have to be able to handle that situation and adapt around it and use what I, have to work with in both yeah, well, nursing and gaming. <laughs> <laughs> For people who aren't aware, that might include me. I think I know what it is, but what's LAD? L-A-D means Lag, what? lag. Oh, oh lag. gosh. My bad. Um, it's when you have, gosh, how do I describe this? You're... Is it like when you're on Zoom calls and someone's talking and they go all choppy and it like yes. pauses? Love God, that pisses me off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> playing in a $20,000 tournament and you have that. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can say I mean I'm in I'm in meetings that are, you know, we're working on stuff that's important, but whether they say the word now or in five seconds, it's probably not gonna cause us to lose money. And that already frustrates me. So I can I can only imagine <laughs> if I was in a tournament and that was going on. You mentioned there the work that, that we did together over over the course of a couple of years. And so it's it's worth diving in on that. I wanna ask you to paint a picture, because I obviously had the experience of being asked to join, I think it was a camp that you guys would normally do where you came in a boot camp. as preparation. Yeah. And because the Sixers, the 76ers, who are an NBA team, for those that don't know, have a full bevy of performance support staff, we would kind of drop in and help out where we could. And specifically, there was a request for, you know, do you have psychology or mental stuff? I assume that came from you or the, or the coaches. What, why did you feel like that was important for you as a group and even just for you as a performer? Well, once my team and I got signed by Dignitas, who is owned by the Philadelphia 76ers, and we had access to all the resources that the basketball players had, I quickly realized that everything that a professional basketball player had struggled with or had gone through is very relatable to us as professional esports athletes. So I wanted to be able to dive into everything. And our game is not so much physical, obviously, because we're sitting down more often. It's more mental. So to me, having a psychologist or someone that can help us on the mental area was going to be super important because it's it's very stressful. Some days we're crying. Some days we're mad. Like, you know, that's all mental. And when we're playing in a tournament, we don't have time to have to figure out 
how to fix it then. So during that boot camp, I wanted to be able to create tools that we could use to quickly relieve any mental barriers during a tournament. Right. And it was really cool for me to talk with you girls. And it, I had the inkling, I probably shared the same view of you, that it seems pretty relatable. You know, humans are humans. And when they're under pressure, they have to deal with similar internal obstacles, even if the ex- external world's different. Mm-hmm. But it was really cool to hear you guys talk about it and be, it kind of confirmed that thought. Is there an element of, of that stuff that you carried on and you're like, hey, that's actually something that we probably still do now, like a few years later, particularly with reference to, like you said, there's, there's probably two parts to it. One is the in-between times when you're crying or you're mad or you're tired because you're on tour, all the other shit that comes with being away or being in a pressure cooker environment. And then the second part is like in the competition, like when the game's on, like you said, you don't have time to think, you don't have time to feel, we just got to do mm-hmm. our shit. Is there one from each of those or either of those, you're like, you know what, that was something that we really found worked for us. One thing that we repeat often that you had told us is that the game doesn't care how we feel and you just need to play <laughs> because so many things come up that it's just like okay this is making me mad this is making me frustrated but you're right the game doesn't care that we're mad like we, we just have to show up and we just have to give it our best you know because if we don't give it our best then all of our weeks of preparation was just a complete waste of time another thing that you told us is that we're here for a reason and we're obviously good at what we do so just do what we do <laughs> It's as simple as that. And sometimes your mind is just blocking these thoughts from you. So that was one of the best advice that I think you told us. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I love, I probably, I think, if my memory serves me correctly, and if my track record suggests correctly, I probably said it with a little worse language than you just yeah. said it. <laughs> you did. But the, but the essence is still there. <laughs> And that's the whole thing. Like it's about, like you said, these things are pretty simple. It's about just making them, hey, keeping them front of mind, but also making them work for you. Because sometimes the strong language works for some people and other times it doesn't. What matters is the mm-hmm. message underneath. For me, tell it me does. How, <laughs> <laughs> tell me if there's anything there that like that you took from what we did and you've actually seen it play out in your life. Because a lot of people listening to this, it's uh, not world-class you know, world champion esports competitors and they're not professional athletes. <laughs> what have you seen from the work that you've done either with me or in a similar area or even just what you've learned from being a pro esports competitor that you're like, eh, that actually helped me back in nursing world or even just in my relationship, whatever it might be? Yeah, I mean, the same piece of advice that I just said that you had gave us for tournaments is something that I actually apply to my daily life because especially now during this, you know, really hard times and unfortunate events with the pandemic, it has been incredibly more stressful on me because I I don't have the best health either. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Just like our life that we were used to has drastically changed. So I'm trying to apply the advice that you gave us of like, I have to be able to adapt and it's going to be okay. And just I just got to do what I got to do with what I'm dealt with almost, you know, and I think a lot of people, even if you're not an athlete can relate to that. A lot of things, sometimes you just need to sit there, take a five minute break and just breathe and be like, okay, I was dealt with this today. 
but I'm going to make it through this day. And if you don't get through one of your tasks, it's not the end of the world. You can get to it eventually. (laughs) You know? You're listening to Toughness, a podcast where some of the world's best performers from different fields share their personal stories about pressure, stress, and success. This series of interviews is a product of the Human Performance Think Tank, with thanks to the U.S. Army and Booz Allen Hamilton. Coming up later in the show. Of course, you're going to get a little bit nervous before you play, but instantly when I'm in the server, or you can think instantly when you're on that field, the nerves go away and you're ready to play. So damn proud. And that's like kind of the underlying message of that as I, and I'm sure my listeners have heard me say this with the language included before, but the game doesn't give a shit how you feel, right? Life doesn't (laughs) give a shit how you feel. That's one of the regular things I might talk about with performers. But the underlying essence of that is it's really just removing the shoulds from what we carry into a scenario. Like I should be feeling confident. Yeah, why? Why should you? Like who said you should feel confident all the time? I should, you know, (laughs) the ref should make the right call. Yeah, why? Like who said refs are going to always make the right call? Like that's not a part of the agreement. Mm -hmm. And to be able to do that and transfer it back to any situation, like you said, being a nurse in COVID, I can't even imagine. I've been in bubbles, in and out of bubbles for 18 months now with various sports teams and it's been pretty full on, but I can't imagine being in the health system. And it's really about... You know, you'd almost have to quit your job, right? Have you have you thought about quitting at all during this period where it's been, you know, it should be easier than this, but it's not. Mm-hmm. You didn't sign up for this. How has that been? Yeah, I mean, it's I'd be lying if I said it wasn't incredibly hard, but I just feel like my whole life I've almost trained for this, trained for a very challenging environment through the bumps in the road of growing up. And so times where I want to quit, I just reminded myself that all of that hard work I went through all my life was not for nothing. Like I am where I am today for a reason. (laughs) And I very openly speak up that during the pandemic, I started seeing a therapist for stress management. It's super healthy and super important. And I highly recommend it because, oh my gosh, what a difference seeing a therapist has totally helped me in handling my extra stress on top of stress. And I'm able to break down situations and I have techniques like breathing techniques I use, which is so good for me and helps with my anxiety. So I'm able to get through extra hard situations because of that extra help that I seeked out for. That's awesome. Great advice. The curiosity for me was it like triggered by like did you get to a point where it was breaking point where you just felt like oh man i've got to do something about this extra load that i'm bearing probably a bit of everything honestly (laughs) there's just so many different things going on you know i want to be able to compete and play my best and then i have to be able to handle my nursing job then i have my real life you know yeah and it's a lot of ones it's a lot of ones that i don't think anybody was ready for but it's something that that we can all if you enjoy a challenge, then we can all get through it and be able to adapt. And again, going yeah. back to your your piece of advice that you said, like, who says that you have to feel a certain way or do certain things in a certain day? You just get through your day and do your best. And if you did your best, then I can live with that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. The, you mentioned something uh, earlier that I want to circle back to about particularly the in-game mode, but I am sure it happens in nursing under pressure. 
the concept of, you know, you've got to make a decision and then just go. You can't second guess your decision. And once you've gone, you've got to be all in on it. You can't like be half in on it and waiting for something else to play out, right? And so I want to go all the way back to that time in your teenage years when you were like, hey, I'm going to try and make this a thing, right? It's kind of a crazy decision because even at that time, similar to a chat I had a few weeks ago with a, a former WNBA player who at the time of her teenage years going into college, there was no like, you couldn't be a professional female basketball player. And here she is, she's played for 15 years now. At that point, it's kind of a crazy decision and there would have been plenty of opportunities for you to not do that, right? To not persist, to not keep turning up and and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. How did you go about staying committed to your decision even when it didn't seem like the right thing at various points in time? Well, uh, when I made the decision to go to nursing school, I stopped competing for about a year. And during that entire year, I could not stop thinking about going back and competing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I knew this was just more confirmation for me that competing in esports is me. It's what I love to do. It's what I'm passionate about. It's something I will literally devote my entire time to. And that point, with when I was in nursing school was, again, like just confirmation of even though it wasn't a career at the time, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it even if I don't make money doing it. And it's just a bonus now. <laughs> That's a cool feeling to have. And obviously, you've, you've got a supportive husband or partner who's, who's helped you through that. One of the things we talk about during all of these interviews is that toughness is sometimes presented in society as a solo act, right? And it is, in essence, like when you're in the middle of a gunfight, a virtual gunfight, um, <laughs> then there's elements of it that are like you have to be good at your shit and no one else can help you with that at that moment. But that's kind of a very narrow view, particularly when we're talking about life-sized toughness and dealing with things at work or in our life that are bigger than sometimes just being good at a, at a game, whether it's sport or esports, or being good at our job. And what's your experience in terms of the balance for you of, okay, you've got to be tough yourself versus having people around you who help you be tough in other mm-hmm. ways? Well, so firstly, in terms of being a team captain for my team, for me, having my team trust me is something that is super important because I want my teammates to be able to connect with me in game and out and know that they can come to me for literally anything because that type of trust I can always rely on on a day that I'm not as tough as I should be. And I know that they'll be there to back me up too. And that's what makes a good team, I think, is just utter trust. (laughs) And same thing with my nursing environment. I want my coworkers to know I'll have their back no matter what. I will support them. I'm always there to help them if they have a question. No question can be a dumb question. I want to help. And so that's created a really good environment, both in game and out. And then I have my husband, who is someone I definitely rely on a lot on my really hard days because he's just totally opposite from me. I don't know how he's so calm. I'm just always like, I got to go do this. I got to go over here and do this. Like I'm constantly multitasking. So I always go back to him as my support. 
support is important because I always say, you know, I'm so strong. I'm so tough. I got the thick skin. But ultimately, some days we all just need a little bit of support from somebody. And he's also the coach of our team. So that's helpful. <laughs> we find a nice balance to be able to switch off work between our relationship. So when the computer's off, I can go and, and do that. So that's nice. That's cool. That's cool. Very <laughs> unique. So how do you go about as the captain or as the lead nurse, how do you go about giving that support? Because some of the people listening are leaders in, in their various disciplines. How do you go about helping someone else who is probably struggling with what they need their mental or emotional strength for at that time? Well, I definitely want to let them know that they can. I'm always open and free. And... I've learned so many different tools throughout my life, I feel like, especially during this pandemic of how to handle a hard question or stress if a teammate comes to me or a coworker. So what I like to do is I'll sit down with them and I'm a very visual person. So I'll, I like to write out what a problem is if we can't figure it out talking and literally go through a bunch of different outcomes and what we're most happy with. And I think that's best because I'm helping them critically think different situations in their brain that they could have done on their own, but because they were so stressed, it was blocked. So I'm able to communicate with them all different outcomes based off of the decision that they make. And I think that's a really good way to help people, for me at least, to be able to think like, oh yeah, I did come up with this. Thank you. <laughs> you know. And would that, that sounds like a little bit like coaching almost. Is that, um, <laughs> in your eyes, what's one or two of the most, you know, what's the key mental or emotional trait of top performers, either of the waters you swim in? Emotional trait. Would adrenaline fall down on that? Like a fight or flight adrenaline? Is that Ooh, Absolutely. Tell me more. Like you mean having that <laughs> and being able to harness it or not having that so that you're cool as ice? Well, I think for... I feel like as competitors, we're always on that fight mode for the adrenaline fight or flight. Like we never are going to run away from a, a situation. And that's not one of the reasons why I love competing is that's one of my favorite. It's not an emotion. It's one of my favorite ways to handle things is the fighting one. <laughs> it makes sense. I don't know how to word it, but it's yeah, no, true. No. Like anger is my funnest emotion. I think it's such a fun, <laughs> fun way to handle things. If I can say <laughs> oh, you absolutely can. That's such a cool way to put it. Anger is my funnest emotion. The reason I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down is because there's a couple of things. So in the psychology world, depending on what school you were schooled in, some of them talk about approach behaviors. And we kind of spoke about this with your group of like, okay, things might be shit, but you can do two things. You can either do behaviors that try and avoid the bad feelings, or you can do things that will move you towards better feelings. The bad feelings are still going to be there. You're going to feel anger. You can't make anger go away unless you avoid what you're trying to do, or unless mm -hmm. you get out of the fire, right? And so I hear you say that and it kind of it, it's, <laughs> it's comforting for me because it sounds like oh. you've actually ingrained it. But there's also the, uh, the element of being able to take your emotion and play emotional judo with it almost, like that negative emotions aren't bad unless we, we treat them like bad. Like anger can be really good. Anger can be invigorating. It can light mm -hmm. you up. Now, used the wrong way, obviously, it can be really bad, but it's just energy. Every emotion mm -hmm. is just energy, and all it is is, okay, what am I going to do with that energy? 
Oh my gosh, talking to you right now, I feel so ready to play in my tournament this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about that. Like that's a, I should have mentioned that at the start of the show. This is a very unique episode because M is about to go and play in a tournament in what, an hour, two hours? Yep, and then we have another one this weekend, yeah. <laughs> right. So we're basically in pregame mode, right? This is everyone just close their eyes and imagine. We're in a locker room. Imagine yourself in sport. We're in the bellies of the stadium. <laughs> the athletes are getting ready. And here we are talking to the captain of the team who's about to lead her team out into tournament mode, not only tonight, but also over the weekend. And so tell me what this experience is like. Like as you get ready, and I, I know that from playing and from being, coaching and being around it for a while, that a quiet falls over the locker room. People get really focused, but there's this nervous energy, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what happens for you guys? Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely, because especially because we're back to back world champions, we accept nothing less than winning. So not winning is almost unacceptable. And I work way too hard not to win. <laughs> I really do. I sacrifice so much time with my friends and family because I want to win. That's my life goal is just winning, winning, winning in tournaments with my team. We work so hard. So of course, you're going to get a little bit nervous before you play, but instantly when I'm in the server or you can think instantly when you're on that field, the nerves go away and you're ready to play. And so I'm just, like I said, I have adrenaline rushes thinking about playing. It's, it's one of my favorite feelings. It brings joy to me and winning brings that accomplishment feeling, which is also really nice. Oh, that, that's, I think it was Will Smith who said, all the best things in life are on the other side of fear. That like Ooh. there's these bad feelings, but if you want, if you're happy to just sit with them for a bit or move through them, look at all the good shit on the other side. There's the feeling of accomplishment. There's the adrenaline of winning. There's all the all the good stuff that comes mm. with moving through that. And I'm curious for you, having been in those environments, like you said, back to back world champion, playing on big stages for you know those big cardboard cutout checks that everyone sees people hold. I've seen you hold a few <laughs> yeah. of those. So. There's big things on the line, big bright lights on a stage, people watching, all you know, and not just people in the stadium, millions online. Talk us through that moment as you're, you know, let's say using the hockey terminology, the puck is about to drop or the ball is about to get mm -hmm. thrown up in basketball for the tip. Like, what's that like in esports where things are they're about to press play? Tell us about that those ten seconds. Like, what what are you feeling at that time? What's your attention on? How do you harness? either your anger or your adrenaline or your nerves, like what's happening in that little special space? Well, to be quite honest, I probably have almost a big smile on my face because I'm like, yes, we're here and we're ready. We practice so hard. And I like to give a little bit of a, like a motivational speech to my team because I want them to feel my confidence <laughs> going into a game and I definitely feel like pressure is a privilege and that's a really good feeling to have is pressure and this anger if you don't win because it's going to push me a little bit extra to go and push past whatever feeling I'm feeling to try to get that win. And <laughs> when you're talking about like the puck's about to drop on the floor, like that's us when it's about to go in the first game. You want to start off strong and you want the other team to be shaking in their boots. So starting off strong is so important in esports because our game is so mental. You want to get in their heads early on. 
You are listening to Toughness. And if you're this far into the episode, there's a good chance you like the show. You can add to the conversation with the whole review, rate, subscribe, and share thing. If this helps just one person who needs to hear what our guests share to get them through today, it'll all be worth it. Stay tuned for more coming up, including... I didn't want to make excuses for me not playing best, so I still played. I still showed up, even with a broken hand. And we won the tournament, too, by the way. So damn proud. I've heard you say anger or aggression or adrenaline, like, now that you've mentioned it explicitly, I've heard it coming out like five or six times, right? I want to grab on that because it is really cool. A, it's unusual to hear from you've got such a petite voice and you're <laughs> such a sweet girl that you're like, yeah, but I want to crush him. So it's a nice dichotomy, but it's not unusual to hear that from elite performers. And and here's one of the other things that I wanted to mention before. In a lot of the research around elite performers, let's say we we did one study that was over, I think, eight teams in baseball. So a bunch of different athletes. And they were like, oh, what were they rated when we drafted them? And then by the time they made it to the majors, how were they? Like some of them flopped and some of them popped. And what we did by like digging right into the data was we found two or three things mentally that actually predicted whether someone was going to, what they would say, return on investment of the draft. So we spent a first round pick on them. They should pay us back an all-star. That's, that's what we should expect to do with that pick, right? And what we found was the number one predictor was competitiveness, not how focused they could be, not how gritty they were. All these things were important, but the number one, predictor was how competitive they were and in particular here's a really cool bit for nerds like me and for ultra competitors (laughs) like you is that it was their ability to regardless of the scoreboard and regardless of whether they were going to get recognized they just wanted to keep fighting and not not about grit like for goals it's like right now if we're playing table tennis i might be behind 19 to 0 but I'm going to still be just as engaged in the next point and if anything i'm going to be more engaged because i'm angry that i'm losing and i want to fix it Mm-hmm. And so it's the approach to continue co- to compete as opposed to, oh, screw this, I'm throwing my tennis racket and I'm out of here, <laughs> which I wanted to highlight because it, it, it's really you talking about the way you handle your anger and that, that it's actually you view it as a good thing. That's a really unique way to view it, but it can be the game changer. Let me start off by saying it has not always been like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I am very, very competitive. And, you know, if I lose a game when, when I was younger, I lost a very important game and I did break my hand from punching a wall. Your hand? I was about to say, how many consoles have you broken? How many controllers? My you hand, broke hand. My hand. I broke my hand. Like I said, like ang- I have to be able to handle that anger. Like there is a certain level to it. Now that I'm getting older, I've I've learned to deal with it. But when I was younger, I did punch a wall and I broke my hand um, right before a big tournament. So I didn't tell my team actually that I broke my hand for a while and I show up to the tournament and they're like, what is that on your hand? (laughs) So I had a a cast that I could take on and off. I told the doctor I I didn't want a hard cast. So, but I didn't want to make excuses for me not playing best. So I still played. I still showed up even with a broken hand and we won the tournament too, by the way. But being able to handle that anger is something I had to learn along the way. It's not something like I cannot, I can't sit here and lie to you and say I was good with it from the start because I wasn't. But now I'm, like you said, like I'm realizing it's it's what pushes me. Like the anger is good. I have to be able to handle it from a level. It's what really 
it keeps me from not giving up when we're down. It keeps me motivated. It's something that's good for in-game and my competitiveness, but I have to be able to control it. <laughs> mm. What happens for you if you're not angry? Because I think of my own journey as an athlete and I was super pissed between the age of maybe 16 and 19. And that was my super acceleration phase, got drafted in the first round. Like it really drove me. And then I kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty good now. And I feel like my edge went away a little bit. It came back pretty quick because there were some other setbacks. But if you're not angry, are you not as good? Oh, that's tough to answer. Uh, no, not necessarily. Because sometimes a game could be we're just smashing the other team. So I'm going to be calm. I don't need to use all of my emotions when we're just smacking a team, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it really just depends on the situation. And my teammates are all different. So I have to be able to talk to them all differently. Some of them take anger as well. Like, I'm like, come on, guys. Like, we work too hard for this to go down without a fight, you know, and others can't handle that. So I have to be able to talk to each one person differently. So as a team captain, I have to remember the situation, being able to adapt. It's so important, whether mm. you're a competitor or not, even in real life, you have to be able to adapt with what's around you. <laughs> yeah, it, I think I called it emotional judo before, or mental judo. But really one of the key concepts of it, some of the stuff that, that I worked on with you guys was what we would call emotional flexibility. Like whatever the emotions are that come up, you, there's no, sure, there might be one you prefer, but generally you're going to get different emotions on different days in different moments. And it's your mm -hmm. ability to deal with all of them whether it's your teammate feeling sad, someone being ecstatic, you feeling anger, whatever it might be. So I think you've, uh, you've really summed it up well there. We're starting to get towards the end, and I know you have to go and get your pregame on. <laughs> Just tell us what, two more questions. One, is there a specific highlight that you look back on and you're like, that was like we've talked a little bit about hardships, about how you learn from failure. You had to work out your anger stuff, etc. Is there a th is there a good time that you've learned from during your career so far, where you're like, yeah, we won that, and here's what I like. That was actually really helpful. It was a huge highlight, but also I got this out of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm immediately thinking about a world championship tournament that we won. So if someone's listening who's not familiar with esports, with my game particularly, our match could last about three hours, three to four hours. So imagine playing in a big tournament for three to four hours for just one game. We might have three in one day. So, of course, this game was the longest game of the day in the finals, and it lasted to like the full length of time. And we really gave it our all. And there was a point in time where we were starting to lose a little bit, but throughout my whole career, almost, I always learned something from a loss. And so because we were starting to lose some rounds, I was able to tell the team, listen, like, forget the score. We need to think of it as one round at a time, one goal at a time to get our way back up. So because if you have shorter, I don't know how to describe this one, but Instead of thinking, oh, I have to get 10, it's easier to think, oh, we just need to get one. And then when you get that one, okay, just one, you know? <laughs> so that's something that I learned along my whole entire career that I was able to apply in this grand finals to win the world championship of I am Katowice in Poland. So that was a really cool moment to be able to think back. 
That is very cool. And that kind of, that skips the uh, the next question I was going to say. That what, what's a simple takeaway that listeners can apply? And that's really, you know, it's a great one. Being able to chunk down your bigger goals, particularly if you're falling behind, don't feel like you've got to eat the whole elephant all at once. <laughs> so last thing I want to ask is, given what you've achieved so far, so like five world championships, you're the captain of one of the best teams in the world, you've achieved so much. What are your goals? What's your hope? Like, what do you hope to achieve in both the rest of your career, but even by potentially coming on shows like this? Like, it's obviously an important area for you. What's your hope? Well, I guess two things is one for people to recognize esports as a sport. You know, everything a professional athlete does in a sports team is what me and my team do. <laughs> we work so hard for so many hours. Like you mentioned before pregame, when a team's in a locker room, that's exactly what we do before we go on a stage. We hype each other up. We've got this music. You know, we're competitors and we want to represent our country or continent <laughs> proud. And that just like in sports, girls can do it too. We work just as hard as everybody else. And in terms of mental health, because that's the field I work in for nursing and the addiction field, my hope one day is to be able to combine nursing with mental health, somehow help people who might be struggling, just get people talking about it, um, just let people know gaming is a really good outlet, especially during the pandemic. I've heard families are playing games together, you know, for example, to help. So gaming has done nothing but do good for my life. So, yeah. Very cool. I know that gaming definitely helped me during the first shutdown of the pandemic. I dusted off the old PlayStation and Ooh. I was amazed at how good I still was at, at Madden and uh, NBA <laughs> 2K. Not not the real games, not not like what you play for a living. And um, th- these are more <laughs> just things that I grew up with as a teenager. But wow, it's funny. Someone said to me at one point when I was talking about the esports industry, total aside, but I was like, I wonder why it's, you know, it's so big and it keeps getting bigger. They're like, well, you never stop being a gamer. If you were a gamer when you were mm-hmm. in your teens, someone dusts off a PlayStation and loads up that old game, you're like back at it. It's like mm-hmm. being at it. <laughs> yeah, so, cool. Yeah, it was very cool. So, Em, want to say thank you for, for joining us, for sharing your experience. We share that, that hope that you have around specifically for you, nurses, and helping with the mental health of nurses during such a critical time, but also for the wider population. And I'm sure some of what you've shared here your own experience, you're a living example of someone who's gone to the next level, both in your performance, but also in looking after that area of your life. So hopefully, and I'm sure it has, that will uh, inspire others who are listening to take the same path. Thank you so much. Good luck for the tournament. Yeah, we got this. Hope you kick ass as a great note to finish off on. I used to love getting emails from you maybe a month or two after we'd done our little camps saying, hey, we won, fuck yeah, or whatever it might have been. You might have not have sworn, but I think I did that. Um, and so I'm looking forward to getting another one after this weekend. Yes, me too. I will definitely let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Em. Appreciate you. All right, take care. So what is it got to be so damn Yeah.